Hi, welcome back to another edition of the Spike Bar Podcast. Well, what a controversial week of golf we've just had. Um, and unfortunately, I, I literally haven't seen any of it. I was away uh, last weekend seeing some family up in Scotland. Um, so I didn't get a chance to mu- uh, watch uh, a great deal other than a few snippets that I saw uh, on Twitter. Um, and we'll obviously get into a slow slow play debate in a little bit but uh to be quite honest it took it took away completely from the event itself uh which was quite interesting um literally the whole conversation uh certainly from a social media perspective had very little to do with the golf itself um other than uh, the uh, the obviously slow play argument so we we will definitely get into that um but i think kind of let's uh let's do it some justice and obviously uh I'll wrap up some of the kind of the main headlines from uh, from the Northern Trust. Obviously, this is the first week of the playoffs, and uh, 125 people entered the week uh, trying to get into the top 70. Um, some excellent performances by those who are outside uh, the top 70, the likes of Harvana third, who jumped from I think 104th up into the top 30. So uh, great weeks for him. Um, uh, but uh, all in all, it was uh, obviously a very good week for uh, young Patrick Reed. Uh, who won his seventh PGA Tour title. Um, and he joins the likes of Kepka, JT and Spieth as the only players who are currently under the age of 30 with seven PGA Tour titles, including a major. Um, so it's quite interesting that obviously he's he's in very good company there, but yet yeah, I don't think anybody would put him necessarily in the same light as those guys. I'm not sure whether it's due to his personality or what. Um, f- for me, he just seems to be very hot and cold. Uh, he, he's obviously been playing better over the recent, uh, I think, four or five weeks. But he tends to sort of blow really, really hot, get a victory, and then he'll kind of disappear for half a season, then he'll come back again. So, um, look, a- an excellent week for him. Again, he's demonstrated that he can finish a tournament. He was uh, the 50-hole leader. Uh, for the seventh time and of those seven times five of them he's actually closed it out so uh, he's uh, obviously a very good front runner enjoys front running and that win has thrown him well up the Royal, uh, the FedEx Cup rankings I think he was 50th I want to say going into the week and he's now second behind Brooks Kepka. Um it kind of makes a little bit of a mockery I mean they, they obviously the FedEx Cup they, they kind of talk around you know this is a season-long um, journey and all the rest of it but Look, if you look at the results, Rory, who's currently one place behind Patrick Reed with another top 10 this week, has one more victory and nine more top 10s this season. Um, and yet he's one place behind Patrick Reed. So um, kind of sort of makes a little bit of a mockery of the FedEx Cup. I know why they're doing it to obviously drum up some interest and drum up the excitement for the FedEx Cup but it just uh, obviously crazily waits these last three events uh, for who's going to win that inordinate amount of money at the end of it um, in terms of uh, you know good weeks I've obviously mentioned Harold Valor third he came third who, uh, who came third uh, but also Abraham Hans- answer he's had a really good season he started off very strongly uh, a string of top tens at, at the, in the fall uh, with a second place here today again he vaults up into the top 30 as well 
Um, so it was a good week for him. Good week for, uh, certainly a better weekend for Jordan Speed. Not a great Saturday, but a very good round on Sunday. He shot 67, which was his best Sunday round of the year. Uh, kind of bucking a trend where he's been going the wrong way. So he started off very strongly Thursday, Friday. A bit of a wobble on Saturday, but came back strong on Sunday. So great to see him. He finished tied for sixth, which was a good finish and vaulted him into the uh, top 70 as well. And uh, Jochen Neiman. Um, invisible golfer's bonus pick uh, shot a final round 66 to grab the final and 70th spot and get into the BMW Championships this week so well done to him in terms of bad weeks um, obviously it was a bad week for golf in general I think for the most part and the PGA Tour um, got put on blast with the slow play piece I will come on to that in a second but it was also a bad week for Tiger Woods, uh, withdrawing after round 175. He had a mild oblique strain, as he called it. Went for some physio early on the Friday morning, but just uh, had a stiff back, just could not get, get to play. Um, he's obviously not been right since, well, really since he won the Masters. Um, he's not really done anything at all. Uh, he struggled really badly at Royal Port Rush, didn't look himself there. Now, he is scheduled to play in the Pro-Am today uh, on Wednesday at the BMW Championships and, and is you know, obviously schedules then therefore play this weekend. So let's see how he does. He's currently outside the top 30. I think he's 38th. Um, so he needs a decent week this week to try and make the tour championships. Um, but not a, not a great week for him. Uh, DJ... Again, I mean, uh, he did a bit of a spieth um, this weekend. So he was leading after 36 holes, looked imperious on uh, Thursday, Friday, but just completely fell away this weekend and ended up, I think he was 81st in strokes gained off the tee, uh, or tee to green. Um, uh, fell away to finish in 24th place over the weekend. And, and look, for me, it's kind of, he's been sort of a bit of an enigma this season. I know he's still obviously up there in the world rankings, but he, I kind of... I sort of judge him very highly just because he's been so good the last few years but this is a little bit of a disappointing season for him and, and not really up to his high standards so um, hopefully he can he can turn around because he's class class act uh, and uh, the course this week should set up very nicely for him if he can just obviously hold it out over four days he will certainly be in there uh, with a shout um, and then obviously some notables who missed out on the final 70 uh, Matt Wolf. Um, unfortunately missed out he came in he was 70th going into the week he just slipped out and then some big names like Henrik Stenson Bubba Watson Sergio Garcia did not make the final 70 uh, for this week um, so that was the the Northern Trust uh, moving on to the Women's Scottish Open on the LPGA Tour um, bless them I was in Edinburgh which was about 10-15 miles away from where they were playing at the Renaissance Club near North Berwick and it was miserable uh, over the weekend. There's some nice weather on the Saturday. I will caveat that. But Thursday, Friday and Sunday, uh, at times very windy and mostly wet. So um, some very good scoring, though, from uh, uh, fr from the ladies. Uh, Anne Van Dam had an unbelievable round on, I think it was on the Friday, in some pretty crappy weather uh, I think she shot an 8 under I think uh, during that round and she she finished in the top 10 so a good finish for her but it was won by Mi Young Hu uh, she won by 4 strokes so a relatively comfortable win for her she had a birdie blitz on the final 9 uh, coming in on Sunday and that was her third victory on the LPGA Tour so well done for them and that's their kind of Lynx Lynxy golf uh, for the year done uh, over here in Scott in, uh, in the UK um, picks so uh, the picks last week I, I should have done this a bit earlier shouldn't I really but uh, the picks last week so I, I got a point for uh, choosing Rory 
who was the highest finisher out of everybody. Um, and Invisible Golf uh, got one bonus point for getting Neiman into the top 70. It looked like Adam might get uh, Andrew Landry, uh, who looked like he was going to have a huge leap up the uh, the leaderboard at one stage, but he just fell away in the final round just to miss out. Uh, yeah, and the rest of us kind of... Well, when, Never really close, really, to be quite honest. Um, so the the leaderboard as it stands is myself on 14 points, Invisible Golfer on 13, Adam on 11, and Simon Byford on 11. Now, due to unforeseen circumstances, Invisible Golfer, somewhat controversially, um, will no longer be part of the picks, but he has been replaced. Uh, he's been replaced by at Secret Pro Golf 1. Uh, also known as if anyone asks I am a pro on Twitter so at secret pro golf one if anyone asks I am a pro uh, we'll be taking over the picks for the remainder of the FedEx Cup so we've only got a couple of weeks left um, so he'll be taking over uh, what was Mark's uh, invisible golfers um, place in the standings uh, with an asterisk of course um, for the remainder couple of weeks here moving forward Uh so other news, let's get around to it. So the slow play debate. debate. Um, this all kicked off, I believe it was Friday. It could have been Saturday, and apologies if I've got that wrong. But effectively, it all kicked off because there was a video circulating on Twitter with Bryson DeChambeau taking two minutes and 20 seconds over an eight-foot putt, uh, reading that eight-foot putt, only to blast it four feet wide and nowhere near the hole. Um, and effectively, you saw JT like, shaking his head and being frustrated and then there was a little bit of fallout after the event so Eddie Pepperell ended up calling him a twit on Twitter uh, JT in his press conference said he was slow Kepka also uh, banged on saying he was slow Bryson went up to Kepka's caddy uh, the next morning and said if your boss has got anything to say she'd say it to my face which he subsequently did on the range uh, it kind of all really blew up and this whole conversation around slow play the PGA Tour then panicked and started saying oh yes we're going to address slow play um, so look kind of the, the long and short of it I think the, the whole slow play conversation is an interesting one from from a broadcast point of view we, we don't see it a great deal because actually the broadcasters do a pretty good job of cutting in and away from players that take an age over their shot so for, I'll give you a couple of examples Patrick Cantlay takes an age over his shots he has a, he's lots of fiddling and all the rest of it but kind of the, the the broadcast guys know that he does lots of fiddling and so they know when to when he's about to pull the trigger and so that's when they pan to him JB Holmes similarly um, uh, uh, is someone who's kind of obviously been castigated uh, historically particularly over the last couple of years f- for his amount of slow play now I think slow play is more of an issue because actually in our games when we play at our golf clubs um, a lot of people will replicate effectively what Bryson DeChambeau did which is take an age over an 8-10 foot putt and then miss it um, and then obviously that causes frustration and you know when you're on a Saturday morning you've got family and all the rest of it you've only really got four hours to get out and around and, and it can take a long time much longer than it should do um, I'm not really sure what the answer is in terms of getting around it but the, the pros are going around in kind of mostly around five hours for a round and that's just too long 
absolutely too long for a three ball. They should be going around in four, four and a half hours. I know the courses they play are longer, so we need to account for that. Obviously, they're playing for money. They need to account for that. But the long and short of it is they have a rule in place which says you have to take your shot within 40 seconds. So uh, granted, there are circumstances whereby you might have drops and impediments and all the rest of it, so it might take a bit longer. I can see that. But on the whole, you should be taking 40 seconds. You shouldn't be taking any more. And the PGA Tour is at fault because it does not enforce it. Or there is a lack of communication about what they're doing that is enforcing it. Deshambo was on the Four Play podcast this week and he did talk about, look, he was banging on about he walks fast from, from to his ball versus a lot of the other players. Granted, he, he might walk fast. Um if he walks fast, that means he gets there first, so therefore he should be able to work out where his shot is. And he also said he's further than everybody else too. Again, he should work out what his shot is whilst everyone else is playing. That's kind of the whole thing about ready golf. Um, you know, I was playing in a four ball, for example, last night, and you know we were all driving different lengths or hitting it in different areas, but basically we all walked up to our ball, and as soon as one guy hit, the next guy was hitting. Um, that's kind of how the PGA Tour needs to get to. Granted, I know the stakes are higher there, and I'm not sure how you enforce it. They're talking about you know the guys who do the shot link at the minute, um, which you can see on the kind of the PGA Tour app and where they've gone and all the rest of it. They could start timing. I'm just not sure how accurate that would be, and obviously then you could have pros putting pressure on those guys, etc. Again, I don't, I don't know what the answer is. I mean, granted, it does it does take too long. Um, when they show people playing slowly, it is boring. Um, but I, to be quite honest, if the whole course is playing slow, then I don't see what the problem is. I don't think it's an issue for us you know, watching it as a broadcast. The broadcasters can manage how fast or how slow... Uh, or how much content that they show us. So we don't even have to know how fast or slow it is. Um, but look, if you've got laws in place, if you've got rules in place, they need to be enforced. So the PJ Tour need to find a way of enforcing that rule or just getting rid of it. Um, uh, but I do think there is a form of gamesmanship going on, almost gamesmanship with the likes of JB Holmes, who doesn't even begin. You know, The big gripe on him is that he doesn't even begin his routine until the other person has, has shot, which to me is insane. Get your glove on, get ready. And when you when the bloke is hit, you should effectively, from that point, you've got 40 seconds to get your ball. And if you can't do that, you should be getting penalised for it. And I think it should come, I think the penalty should not come in the form of money, or maybe they should come in the form of money, but in the form of strokes. Because I think if you start then taking shots off people, if people have a certain amount of infractions um, in a tournament or a certain amount over over the limit, then, then you should start getting shots uh, deducted because that will definitely... That will definitely sort out the pace of play issue then. Um, if I think if you sort of just give like a nominal 10 grand fine here and there, I just don't think that'll that'll cut it. I think actually if you start doing shots and that will sharpen the mind somewhat to get that done. Um, so that was kind of the, the slow play piece. It's quite interesting the how Twitter and the outroar has sort of sparked the PGA Tour to at least respond. So let's see if they do anything with it um, or whether it will just kind of disappear again. But I, I did feel a little bit sorry for DeChambeau. Um, he was definitely scapegoated. He scapegoated for two reasons. One, because he was horrifically slow on that one part. Um, but he's 
he's a big figure in the game. He's relatively polarizing because of the way he plays. Uh, he's a little bit frustrating. I, I think he's probably more disliked than liked. And by virtue of that, it's kind of accelerated this conversation. So I feel sorry for him on that basis. I think he's probably strong enough to deal with it. Um, uh, but I do think it's certainly something that needs to be addressed. And to be quite honest, it's something that, you know, my role at my golf club, where I'm the competitions and handicaps chairman, uh, is something that I have to talk about all the time at the golf club and trying to speed things up. And it's not an easy thing to do. Um, I don't know. There's no kind of obvious way of doing it. Uh, but the one thing is, if you're going to have this rule in place, you need to enforce it. So get on with it, PGA Tour. You've got enough resources. There is enough money. You're throwing enough money at the FedEx Cup. Let's throw some money of that towards sorting out some of these issues which make the broadcast even better and make the game stronger and hopefully that will feed on down to uh, to our game as well. There you go. Bit of, bit of controversy. Um, the other big news this week was obviously Solheim Cup. Uh, the European team uh, announced uh, uh, by uh, Kutch... Uh, Katrina Matthew uh, this week um, so we're, we're one month away 13th of September it starts at Glen Eagles uh, the team that qualified was Carlotta Siganda Anne Van Dam uh, Caroline Hedwell uh, Charlie Hull Georgia Hall Azahara Munoz Caroline Masson and Anna Nordqvist I think of those Anne Van Dam is the only rookie there and then the wild cards her four wild cards were Bronte Law Celine Boutier, both of whom deserve to after their recent form. Bronte Law's been playing very well this year. And then Jodie Ewart Shadoff and Suzanne Pedersen. Suzanne Pedersen, who's been off for 20 months after giving birth. She's in the sort of 600s in the world ranking, but she had the last 20 months off. Uh, she is a very good player. She's the one who sort of was controversially paired with Charlie Hull when the putt wasn't given, was given. Uh, a couple of a couple of Solheim Cups ago, so um, she's a a competitor, a very good player. So she was kind of the slightly controversial pick, uh, if if at all. But she's a class class player. Hopefully, she's got four weeks to get herself in some decent form. She's only played two LPGA, LPGA uh, tour events the last couple of weeks. She missed both cuts, but um, you know she's got four weeks to to get a game ready for that. Um, I think it's going to be great. I'm really looking forward to the American team being announced, which will be in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, look, the, there's no getting around it. The US team is going to be favourite. There's no two ways around it. But look, I like the fact that we've only got a couple of rookies this time. We've got Anne Van Dam and Bronte Law, both of whom are playing very good golf at the minute. And they are class acts. They're going to be Solheim stalwarts for years and years to come. So, uh, look, the, uh, I think we're in a much better place than last time where we had a lot of rookies. Um, I think it'll be an interesting... Uh, an interesting match so let's see how that goes off and i'll obviously talk more about the u.s team uh when they get announced in a couple of weeks time so look uh, moving on to this week uh, we've got the bmw championships which is second of three uh, uh fedex cup playoff events played at medina which is obviously the scene of the epic Ryder cup european Ryder cup fight back in 2012 the top 30 after this week will obviously go on to the tour championships to play for that enormous amount of money uh coming up so um Medina is it's long ball paradise, bombers paradise, par 72, 7,600 yards. Um, if you don't pick a long hitter, I think you're going to struggle. I would, I would be amazed if not one of the longer hitters uh, won this event just based on the, on the size of the of the course. Um, in terms of kind of the favourites, Rory's actually the favourite this week, which I think is deservedly so. He's been playing very, very well over the whole season, pretty much. I know Brooks won the other week. 
but he's uh, fifteen to two. Brooks is eight to one. John Rahm ten to one. DJ fourteen to one. JT fourteen to one. Justin Rose at sixteen to one. Um, in terms of the picks this week, so uh, myself, I'm still waiting on Adams, so I'll put that out on Twitter in due course. But I'm going with John Rahm. Uh, John uh, finished third last week, tied third with uh, Harold Varner. And his worst finish in the last six weeks is tied 11th. So he's in some really decent form at the minute. Uh, he's 10 to 1, third favourite here. As I say, played very well last week. Hits the ball miles. If he can get that putter working, I think he's in for a good week this week. So I'm looking forward to him playing this week. He obviously won't have anything to uh, to pick up from the European Ryder Cup back in 2012. He was too young for that. But uh, I think he'll have a good week this week. Um, uh, somebody who had a good week at Medina. Um, who's outside the top 30 at the minute, somewhat surprisingly, but only just. Francesco Molinari, he's my pick, who's currently 34th in the FedEx Cup rankings. Um, I expect him to do well enough this week to get in the top 30. Uh, he's only obviously um, got to beat four or five people to really get into that, so he's kind of got a, a decent chance of getting there. I was a bit surprised he was out of it, um, given that he's had a victory in a number of top 10s this year. But uh, again, you know, puts the, puts the weight if he plays well in the right tournaments, he'll he'll get in. So I think if he does has a semi decent week this week, sort of finishes top fifteen, he should he should easily make it into the uh, the top thirty. Simon, so Simon has gone for Justin Thomas, fourteen and one. Um, JT's had an interesting year. He's now dropped to tenth in the world uh, in the world rankings. Obviously had an epic couple of seasons ago and, and a good season last year too. He's not quite done it this year. He's not quite found it. It's a solid year this year. Um, a 14 to 1. I quite like him as a pick here. Again, obviously, we know how far he hits it. He seems to be turning into a bit of form. Uh, so, yeah, I like his pick at 14 to 1. And Simon's gone for Spieth as his player, sort of ranked 31 to 70. He's currently ranked 44th at the minute in the FedEx Cup. So, he'll need a really good week this week. He'll need a. Uh, I'd say a top 10, top 6 finish to get into that top 30. He's got a lot of people to get over. Um, but again, you know, he he started to turn it around. We know he can do it Thursday, Friday, and he showed he could do it Sunday. So if he can get a, a, a week going this week where he gets all four days going, he should be there, thereabouts, because he's, uh, he's certainly got the potential. He's certainly got the birdies in him. If he can stop those bogeys, he'll be, he'll be there, thereabouts. And then at Secret Pro Golf 1, if anyone asks, I am a pro... His first picks, he's gone with Adam Scott. Um, Adam's had a sort of secretly good under-the-radar season. He's currently 14th in the FedEx Cup. I quite like him. He's a good pick. Solid, solid pick. He had another solid week last week. I think he's going to be there or thereabouts uh, for sure. He hits it far enough. If he can get that again, if he, with, with Scott, we all know. Tita Green is brilliant. If you can get the putter working a little bit, he'll be there. And I think with the bit of rain that they've had at the beginning of this week, I think the course will be playing slightly softer. I know it's going to get better as the week goes on, but playing slightly softer, so that should help him. Um, and then his outsider pick, he's gone for a European Ryder Cup hero. That is the postman, Ian Poulter, who's currently 43rd in the FedEx Cup rankings. Can Ian pick up on his epic Saturday and Sunday at the Ryder Cup uh, seven years ago now to uh, to vault his way into the top 30. That would be brilliant if he could do something. Again, like Spieth, he's going to need a top 10, top 6 type of finish to really get himself in there. But if anyone can do it, the postman can. And he likes to draw upon his emotions. So given the good feelings he's got here, I'm sure 
at Secret Pro Golf 1. He could have a very interesting week this week. So let's see how they get on. Um, and on the European Tour, they are finally back. I've had a couple of weeks off since the... Uh, well, effectively, since the, the Open. Um, they had the best part of three weeks off. Um, and it's the D&D &D Real Czech Open. Uh, this is an interesting event, particularly given... I don't think it's one that Bryson will ever have on his uh, uh, his agenda, maybe, given they're only allowed 40 seconds over each shot. So they have a shot clock on every single shot. Um, that's kind of the kind of the interest of this event. So I'll, I'll, I'll be keen. I'll try and get some uh, some watching in this weekend. I'm uh, uh, interested to see just how this one plays out, and and also from a broadcast point of view, if it changes. Um, so that that is obviously over in the Czech Republic this week. Andrea Pavan, the Italian, won it last year, just holding off uh, Porig Harrington. Um, Eddie Pepperell after uh, after his Twitter. Um, I should go faux pas, let's say, by calling Bryson to twit. And, and he obviously did apologise for that. He has decided a last minute to play uh, this week. And he is the favourite uh, to play in the event. He's the highest ranked player in the field at 41 in the world, uh, just ahead of Bernd Wiesberger. Um, I, I'm going to go with Eddie. Uh, you know, I think it'll be interesting. He seems to be one of these players, a very feel, very kind of quick player anyway. Uh, so Eddie Peppel to put away the controversy behind him and to have a good week this week at the Czech Open. So look, there you got it. Uh, another interesting week this week. Let's see if we can have less controversy. I'm sure there'll be something out there. It will be there will be stopwatches and phones galore all over Bryson. I'm sure and some of the other slow players. Let's see if we can uh, have the golf being the star of the show this week, as opposed to controversies. Uh, until next week. Cheers for now. Bye.